day and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host. Um, we are talking today about uh, opening in Yarmouth. Uh, Saturday, March 5th, we'll be opening for the season here in Yarmouth. Uh, very exciting uh, start off to the season. Um, very excited because there's a lot that's been going on in the greenhouses. We are uh, been potting up. Uh, we just potted our fuchsia baskets. Uh, we hung up our begonia baskets. Um, sticked tens of thousands of, of uh, liners so that uh, they'll be ready to transplant the next couple weeks. Uh, really three to four weeks uh, before a lot of them are ready. We planted our vinca vines. Um, our Gerbera daisies and primrose are looking awesome. All the pansies and violas are done. So a lot going on in the garden center. The production crew has been working very hard for all your spring needs. And, and plants are really starting to look great. Um, got some wonderful rosemary that's ready for sale. Uh, Gerbera daisies. Primrose are coming along nicely. Uh, we'll have a few when we open. But uh, within the, the next couple weeks, uh, we'll have a lot that will be ready. Uh, so a lot of things that... Uh, that are looking really good here on the garden center. Of course, we'll be getting more new shipments of house plants and and all kinds of things in uh, as we get open and towards the season. Uh, has it hasn't it been amazing how warm it has been? Uh, obviously, we've had some cool nights and but man, that sun is just full of energy. You know, on that nice sunny day, even if it's thirty five degrees out, you're really starting to feel the strength of that sun which has just made the plants explode with growth they're looking wonderful in the greenhouse you know stop in check out get a breath of spring um you know after the fifth uh so a lot going on uh we launched our new website very exciting my cousin john has been working very hard on that all winter and you know things there it's really looking unbelievable uh it's nice because it's all mobile friend friendly you know on your iphone or or your mobile device it all comes up and it reads nicely also we launched our new uh newsletter uh format and and would love to hear some feedback on that so if if you've uh, gotten our newsletters in the past couple weeks you know give us some feedback what you like what you don't like uh you know is there something we should be doing so give us some feedback on that uh, and then, of course, our mobile app. Um, and I talked to the last um, podcast we had. Uh, I talked a little bit about um, the beacon technology. And we'll be continuing with talking about that as we go closer and closer to spring. Uh, we'll probably be doing some videos before we open you know, next week uh, to talk about the Gerbera daisies and the process of growing them. And, and, and then we grow them right here on site. And so, you know, on the mobile app, you'll be able to pull up those videos to get kind of an idea of how to care for the plant that you're buying. And we're going to have a hundred of these beacons between our two stores out there someplace in the yard. So keep your eyes out for the signs that, uh, you know, will be on these beacons so that you can pull up your mobile device and, and open the app and then those videos will be right there for you to kind of get more information about some of the products and services that we have. It's just really going to be a nice tool, not only for you as a customer, but also for our staff. We're going to have a few iPads um, you know, that our staff will have also. So if you have trouble getting to those videos or don't have a mobile device, we'll also have something that the staff can also show them to you. Um, and it'll be a great learning tool also for our staff, you know, that are seasonal, you know, enable them to look at these videos. And of course, we're going to repurpose them 
on our Facebook page, our Twitter, you know, all those social media channels that we're involved in. So keep your eyes out for those on the newsletter, on Facebook, you know. So you're going to start seeing a lot more videos coming out of us from, from Estabrooks uh, this year. We're, we're really making a focus on trying to get more digitally sound uh, with some videos uh, to, to help help all of you out with some of the problems of specific plants, tips, you know, uh, that are little tricks to the trade here that we use when you're talking to us, but it's really nice to have it in a form where you're able to access it when you really want it. So, you know, make sure and download the mobile app. There's a lot of nice things, obviously discounts, promotions, all kinds of those things are on there also, but, uh, and then 4,500 plants in your hand. Um, you know, our whole catalog now, because our website is mobile friendly, the mobile app and everything, you know, it, it all kind of rings together. So you've got all that information from the website now on the mobile app. You also can go to our website and pull it up. So all kinds of, you know, things that when you're in the yard, you, you know, having those tools really makes a big difference. But let's talk a little bit about um, our our store, okay, because we're getting ready to open and I just kind of walked the floor a little bit in the last day or so. And, you know, the selection of spring silks. Now you say, why do I want silk? You know, silk is, you know, it's not natural. It's, you know, um, it's not a real live plant. And Estrox, you sell live plants. So why, why are you selling, you know, spring silks? Well, to, to be perfectly honest, we sell silk flowers throughout the whole year. But they're more a home decor type of grade quality-wise. So, you know, if you have that vase on, on the hutch, you know, or something that you need it to look good and be able to change it out throughout the seasons, silks are a great way to add color to your to your room uh, without having to incur the expense, you know, week after week after week. I like to say, you know, yeah, buy the cut flowers from your florist, you know, buy the potted plants, you know, from your garden center and, and accent those in the spots in which you can in your house. Let's face it, in your home, not every location within your home is conducive to live plants, okay? You know, it might be too sunny, it may be too dark, it may be all, a whole host of different things. You may not want to have to deal with insects. Some of these things are all reasons why silks are actually a great addition to a room. Uh, it could be that it's a guest bathroom that you hardly ever use or a guest bedroom that you hardly ever use. It could be it's in your um, in your dining room where you only do kind of a, a formal di dining while uh, you have guests over. Um, that's the case at, at my house. You know, we primarily sit at the bar in the in the kitchen to eat most of the time but then you know when we have family and friends over we sit in the dining room so we don't go into the dining room all the time so you know it's a nice way to get some color and some accent you know certainly wreaths you know uh i hang a wreath over our fireplace you know i switch it out seasonally you know i had a wonderful wreath up there for christmas now i'll put a spring wreath there that'll take me you know probably till summer and then i'll go kind of change it to a summer color or fall color you know kind of the oranges and the reds and then in the spring it's more the pastel colors so you know you can change some of these things out and it really adds a lot of depth and, and change to your, your home. And the same thing with the flowers in specific spots. You can do seasonal change outs 
and use them for years and years and years, just kind of like a Christmas decoration. You pull them out for spring, you put them out, you know, come 4th of July or whatnot, you decide, you know what, all the spring stuff can go away, and you bring out your summer stuff, you know, your hotter colors, your, you know, the things that kind of are naturally outside. Uh, you know, you use pussy willows in the spring and then and then switch over to, you know, something else in, in the summer and fall. So take a look at those, uh, you know, um, there's a whole lot of new kind of gift related items, containers, uh, you know, things that will go nicely with like air plants or um, house plants or terrariums. Terrariums are becoming very big again. Uh, you know, nice project to do with kids. Uh, speaking of kids, think about um, doing a fairy garden at this point in the season. You know, it's a great way to do it in a container. They can put it in their uh, actual uh, room. And then after that, uh, you know, you can, you can turn around and you can actually, you can turn around and take it outside. Break that fairy garden up that you had in a container and plant it outside and then add to it. You know, use the sticks and the and the natural forage and all the things that are outside so you don't have to buy all kinds of, you know, furnishings and fixtures and all that. Use a combination. You know, use the things that are surrounding you. If you want to do a container inside, buy a couple little houseplants and then go out and... And where we have a fairly open winter, you can go out and get some different, you know, neat rocks and fixtures and, and things from from the, the nature. And, and I think it's a really nice way to kind of bring things together. And then once you kind of get to nice weather, you know, say May, you can take all of those things that you worked on inside and translate them out to an outside garden. And then you have a weekly kind of thing that you can go, hey, let's go visit the fairy garden and water the plants and get them active you know maybe you do the little fairy garden in your vegetable garden you know if you want to um you know keep them interacted with the vegetables and picking and and all of that but you can also in the little corner of your vegetable garden create a little um fairy garden so you know a lot of options get creative with it is basically what i'm saying it's a great way to uh you know really be able to to um add to um your child's life and or um, you know, don't hesitate to do it for yourself. It's kind of a fun little project. Um, you know, if you've ever been out on Mackworth Island, uh, there's one out there that's just stunning. You know, my wife and I will go out for a walk out there and, uh, you know, stop and like add, add a little hut or something. It's kind of a fun project to do, you know, um, you know, by yourself, get creative, enjoy it. You know, uh, it's, it's about enjoying and, and the joy of gardening. So certainly, you know, fairy gardens are something that you can kind of get behind and have a, have a good time. So some other things that uh, will be coming out for sale. Uh, our primrose are looking really good. I think I mentioned that earlier. Uh, they're a little bit behind, but looking really good. The Gerbera daisies are awesome. And we'll be shipping our first ones to uh, Bow Street in the next couple days uh, so that they have some color for the weekend. Uh, they're looking wonderful. And, of course, you can pick them up at our Yarmouth store also. We've got a nice crop of rosemary coming along, basil, cilantro. The rosemary is ready. The basil and cilantro is just around the corner. It's We need a little sunny, warm weather, and, and they're going to pop in look really good too so herbs are starting to come out of the growing houses you know so there's a lot of things that are kind of happening we've got begonias that are all potted they're just not quite ready you know so a lot of the color items are kind of coming and then of course easter's not that far away easter lilies bulbs all of that stuff's going to be arriving anytime now uh, the easter lily crop 
is looking wonderful. They're starting to dip their little heads uh, on the blossoms and are perfect size and, and nice and dark green. It's a, a really nice crop we have this year. So, um, you know, we'll have those in a couple different sizes, but they're looking just phenomenal. With an early Easter, it's always a challenge to get Easter lilies in bloom. And so far, they've been ahead. Let's keep Mother Nature pushing them forward so that, uh, you know, hopefully a couple weeks before Easter, we've got some new really good bud set. Um, a lot of them have five, six, seven, eight buds on each plant. So they're going to be really nice quality plants. Uh, you know, so when you're looking at Easter lilies, you always want to look at the number of buds. You also want to look at how puffy they are in white. Now, you don't always want them fully open unless it's right at the holiday, but you might pick one, you know, that's got a couple buds that are nice and puffy and white, but then the rest of them are fairly tight so that you get that longevity of, of a nice plant. It's not always a good idea to pick the one that's in full bloom right from the get-go, okay? So always a tip, like I talk about with any plants, full bloom is not always the best way to go. It, sometimes it's the only way to go if it's a gift or something you need instant impact. But always look at, you know, the opportunity to buy something that's a little tighter. You know, it has a little more growth potential, uh, a little more longevity on your shelf at home, uh, you know, so that you really get to enjoy it. The other thing with Easter lilies is when they're at that stage, they like to be kept cool. So if you have a really warm spot in your house, you may not want to put it right in full sun, you know, where it bakes all day while you're at work. Put it in a spot that's part sun you know, doesn't get that real heat build during the day. That will slow them up and you'll be able to enjoy them a little bit longer also. And with all of your bulbs that are in pots, it's the same thing. You want to make sure and not have too much heat, you know, like on a daffodil or a tulip. If they're tight and they look really nice when you buy them at the store and you take them home and put them in a warm environment, they'll blow out in two or three days. It's amazing how quick the bulbs, because you've got warm temperatures all day long, okay? Where here at the garden center, we might be cooling some of those down to 35 degrees at night. So if you have a really warm house, you might take and put those bulbs in a cool spot, like the garage, okay, at night, okay? And then bring them in during the day, uh, you know, when you're at home but leave them in the garage. So, you know, it's it, there's ways to slow things down and it's all related to temperature. So that's a little tip going towards, uh, you know, Easter here. Let's talk also about, you know, some of the problems you might be having at your house. It, it, this is the time of year when you really have to start looking at your house plants. You know, you have to start looking at, um, are we or do we have insect problems, disease problems, do we need to repot our house plants? Are we having fertility issues? Now that the sun is higher in the sky and we're getting more day length every single day, now the plants are starting to have different needs than they did in, you know, December, January, and February. If you look at your house plants during, you know, those months, typically they don't grow a whole heck of a lot. They probably don't take up as much water as they normally would. But now they're starting to actively grow. They're starting to put on, you know, that new those new leaves. They're more accustomed to more light. It's calling for things that we haven't been giving the plant over the last two or three months. So now we have to think think about, okay, well, should we start fertilizing? Yeah, we we want to start using a house plant fertilizer. 
We also want to think about, do we need to repot the plant? Is it time for some fresh soil for those roots to grow into? And when I say fresh soil, it doesn't always mean we put it into a bigger pot. Sometimes we take that plant out of the pot, we strip off some of the soil and roots, and then repot the plant in the same pot, depending on the type of plant. Some plants like to be really root-bound. And just freshening up the soil in the same pot um, and the reason I say that is if you think about potting soils, they don't have any nutrients to the soils. Let me say that again. They don't have any nutrients to the soils. They have a little starter fertilizer in there when you use them, but they are what we call a soilless mix. And why, why is it soilless? Because it has no micronutrients, it has no uh, microorganisms like a soil that you would get in the ground. So what, the reason why I, I tell you that is we have to give that plant everything it needs through fertilization and other nutrients to keep it happy long term. So sometimes some, you know, fluffing those roots, repotting, taking some of that soil, old soil away is a good way to rejuvenate a plant that likes to be pot bound. And there are many, many that like to be pot bound. So going to a bigger size pot is not always the best thing. The other thing is you don't want to buy too big a pot. You always go one size larger, not two, not three, thinking that, oh, it'll give me two or three or four years. You're just giving it too much soil all at once, and the plant will stay wet. You may get root problems. You know, So you can create a lot of issues by taking a small pot and putting it in a very big pot. Um, when you transplant. So don't do that. You know, the other thing is we got to inspect for insects. Just like the plant is actively starting to grow again, the plant also and the insects that might be on the plant are starting to actively feed and grow and multiply and divide with those warmer temperatures and that more of that sunlight. So they start to wake up and become more active. They almost were in a dormant state in the in the off season, and now they're starting to get more and more active, damaging that new growth, that supple, nice new leaf. So look for spider mites, look for mealy bugs, look for all those things that now the eggs and and the explosion happens. Aphids, you know, they may be you may not have had an aphid all all winter, and then all of a sudden you look down at a plant and boom, there it is. The other thing is you may be buying some plants, some new plants, and bringing them in. Maybe some of those have some some problems when you get them. So, you know, take a look because insects, they hide in so many ways and they show up all at once. And so, you know, every week when you're doing your watering or your fertilizing, just take a quick opportunity to go ahead and make sure that you can, you know, really dive in and look under the, those leaves. Just turn the leaf over. Take a look at all those opportunities, you know, um, to go ahead and inspect your plants. That's the first line of defense. You know, I don't want to preventatively spray all the time and all of that. If we can go ahead and just really, really focus on making sure that we inspect, then when we have a problem, we catch it early and then we use product that's appropriate. And, you know, once you find out you have a problem, if the plant's not too big, bring it into the garden center. We can help you choose a product, give you recommendations. If it's a bigger plant, take some pictures. Use our mobile app. Email them off. Ask questions. Great way to really get some good answers, and we're here to help, okay? I can't stress that enough. We're here to help, so you know, don't hesitate to actually ask when it comes to pest and disease and insect problems if you've got a plant that's not doing well. 
So houseplants, you know, it's that time of year. Inspect them. Moving forward, you're going to start to see a lot of growth. There's also a lot of damage around your yard. It's time to start thinking about going out and looking at some of your plants. I was out inspecting some of my plants. I was walking the dogs the other day. And uh, I ran into some damage on my boxwoods, some junipers that have some tips that are burned already. Those few warm days we've already had, some of the signs uh, are showing up. I've got some roadies that are already bronzing up a little bit. I know they're going to have a little damage. I've had a fairly open winter. There's going to be some problems that are, that come with that. I've got a dwarf Alberta spruce that on one side is kind of you know browning up a little bit already. It's probably some wind burn from this winter. I've got one dwarf Alberta spruce that is completely brown. Every single year, no matter what I do, it's in a very, very sandy soil. Tough for me to keep wet going into winter. Always browns up and then it flushes out great new growth, you know, come spring. Put a little polytone around it and, you know, boom, all of a sudden it's all nice and lush green again. So now's the time to start thinking about before you to make a trip to the garden center. Take a walk around your yard. As I drive, you know, through neighborhoods right now, I'm starting to see the signs. Uh, we've got some boxwood here at the garden center, too, that got damaged last year. And, you know, I'm already seeing that they're still struggling. You know, they weren't, they didn't rebound as much as last year. They've gotten a little more damage this year. Um, you know, some of those we may decide to replace this year. It, it may just not be longevity-wise the, the, what we need to do. So we may have to replace a few plants, too, that, that just aren't worth spending the time to, to rejuvenate. So... Um, you know, get in the habit of, of thinking about going ahead and, and making your plan. So when you come into the garden center, you can talk, uh, talk to us about the problems. We can help you form a decision. Should we try to rebound? Shouldn't we? You know, did you have some snow load damage from, from heavy, wet snow? Do you need to prune? Um, you know, those are all the things that uh, I'm, I'm seeing around my yard. You know, there's a few branches I need to prune and a few other things. I, I've been working on pruning my apple trees um, on nice days. You know, you get that nice warm day. You know, but it's still cold at night. Prune those apple trees and fruit trees right now. Uh, if you need recommendations, give us a holler. Uh, great way to, to start gardening outside. And last but not least, the thing I noticed the most is, man... Am I going to have a lot of plow damage this year? So when you come take your first trip into the garden center, think about grabbing a couple bags of grass seed, okay? You say, geez, Tom, it's really early. Why am I grabbing grass seed? You know, I'll just come back and get that, you know, no problem. The reason I say that is if you have the materials and you have time, you'll do it, okay? You won't wait till the next time. You won't have to take a special trip. You know, all of those things. It's a great way to really be able to um, make sure that um, have the materials so that, you know, in a moment's notice, you know, it's a nice day. It's perfect conditions. The soil's wet. You've raked up all the gravel and, and junk you're cleaning up in the yard. To stop and run to grab materials, it just kind of messes with your day. Now, not to say you can't come in, take a walk because it's a nice day, see the flowers that are in bloom you know, all of that. But if you're here, just think about grabbing a three pound bag of grass seed or, or, or a seven pound or, or whatnot. You know, you're going to use it anyways. So think about just grabbing it. And then when the conditions are right, you've got the materials. If you need a little bit of soil, grab a few bags of soil. Also think about all of those things. Okay. Think about the fact that that might be a great situation to have those materials. Now your bags of soil are probably going to be frozen still if you come to buy them. 
you know, so you need to put them in a garage where they might thaw out or, or put them in the basement or whatnot. Maybe you have some soil left over. We always seem to have some soil kicking around the house anyway. So just a thought, you know, you might think about grabbing a bag of grass seed. Because I know at my house, I'm going to have massive plow damage. I have a gravel driveway, so I'm going to have a lot of sand and gravel on the lawn. I'm going to have to re-overseed some of those areas already with you know the rain that we're having and the warmer temperatures i'm seeing those snow banks that have gravel and and whatnot in them they're already melting down and laying on the lawn i'm gonna have to get all that gravel off then do some overseeding um, i won't put any new soil on there i'm just gonna overseed those areas and and keep them nice and and lush uh so think of some of those things won't be long before overseeding lawns you know and and going i know it's still february but, you know, we're going to be in March here, folks. March is still, in my estimation, a winter month because Mother Nature can treat us very poorly. But then April, you know, those April showers, they bring May flowers. And, and you know, we're right behind, uh, you know, we're on the cusp. I think it's going to be an early spring. I'm making a call. Could be wrong. Could be right. But the way things are going, not a lot of frost in the ground. You know, um, minimal snow banks. You know, things are looking good at this point. So, let's talk about the other things outside that we don't always think about this time of year. Um, I'm thinking about pruning back some of the things that I've left up for the winter. Um, I've got six-foot-high ornamental grasses. They look great, but on a nice warm day, if I have time, I'll cut those off. It's time. Time to think about that. Um, any other perennials that I didn't cut back that I left for winter. Um, you know, I left some sedum up and a few other things. Those heads are going to be popping up soon. You know, I'll take the tractor around the house and I'll prune and throw the stuff in the bucket. You know, um, starting to think about doing that. Haven't done it yet, but, you know, the other day I was saying, geez, you know, it's really nice out. The problem right now I have is the lawn's too wet. But if I get a, a day where the ground is still frozen, I can still get out there with the with the tractor and and actually get to the beds and be able to work on the lawn where it's frozen so like in the first thing in the morning it's sunny it's nice i can get out there i can do some work because the ground's frozen from overnight and then i can get off the lawn with the with the piece of equipment and then you know move on so i uh, love my little kubota tractor it really makes a, a big difference uh doing some projects by myself um, and of course my wife you know, uh, she does a ton around the house and uh, has been picking stuff up over over the last few weeks because we have no snow. You know, so we're kind of starting to nip and tuck and do some things, rake that gravel a little bit at a time, trying to get ahead. The other thing I noticed in my yard the other day, I was uh, sitting on the porch, had a cup of coffee. It was really nice out, uh, taking a little break from a project I was working on and the birds. You hear those spring birds now, you know, they're just starting to roar on those nice days. You know, they're they're out feeding, you know, uh, I've got a crab apple there. They were feeding a bunch of fruit that's left over from uh, the winter. Uh, I think it's uh, a Donald Wyman crab apple and that fruit is all fermenting up now and they're starting to, to you know, to uh, take advantage of that. Um, I saw nine deer out in my field the other night. Uh, you know, they're out there for two or three hours feeding on all the new saplings that are coming up and they're really out there feeding. So mother, all those, all the nature folks out there, you know, uh, now's the time to get all of your products in those feeders. So 
recommendations I have for birds. Number one, if you've been adding feed to it all winter, now's the time on a nice day. Pop the food out of it, clean the feeder, get it all cleaned up so that it's nice and fresh. Make sure and dry that feeder well before you put food back in it. So freshen up the feeder. Suet. You know, important fat nutrients for birds, you know, uh, to get through the last cold bit that we have here. So freshen up that suet. Um, you know, time to think about maybe the squirrels and some of the other animals. You know, uh, do you need to clean up some of that waste product around where you've had, uh, you know, your feeders from all winter from a dropping seed? You know, clean all of that up. Uh, you know, raccoons and all of the animals will be starting to come out really looking for food. So, you know, think about cleaning up some of that. You know, a lot of mice out there right now. I had some mice out in some tall grass the other day when I was walking around the yard. So, you know, all, all of the animals are really starting to, to get active, okay? Uh, you know, if you have questions or whatnot or want to talk about things on the, on the uh, podcast, shoot me an email. In order to submit a question to uh, the podcast, you go to our website, estherbrooksonline.com, and if you scroll down, you're going to see podcast. Click on podcast, okay, and then scroll down and you'll see submit a question. And just fill out that form, and that podcast question will come right to me, and then I'll be able to pull them up as I do podcasts and, and answer some of those questions. So, you know, I actually received one question uh, this past uh, go around, and it's from Jose. And his question is I have some potted hibiscus and geraniums in a heated greenhouse. Come spring, how do I safely bring them out? Okay, so basically, what we're talking about is hardening off the plants and bringing them out safe so we won't get damage. The toughest thing about that is we're going from a warm environment to a cold environment. N- not always it's the cold that's the biggest concern. It's the wind. So if you have opportunities where you can get them out in a cool environment and out of the wind, that's the first thing I would suggest. So cooling off the greenhouse temperature-wise, if you can, is a great way to start the hardening off process. Allowing at night for them to get down more towards the normal temperatures that are outside, cutting back the heat, you know, slowly lowering that temperature. So, you know, if outside's 35, 40 degrees at night, you know, start inching that temperature down in the greenhouse. You know, if it's just a cold frame situation, then they're getting cold every night, but they're warming up during the day. That they're going to be a lot harder. The plants are going to take a lot more in that environment, a cold frame environment. Now, it sounds like it's a warm greenhouse, though. So, a couple things. Sunlight. We need to worry about sunlight, meaning sunburn, okay? Because they're coming from a greenhouse and going out into natural light, totally different light levels. So, you want to put them in part sun. Secondly, you want to keep them out of wind. Very important just because you can get wind burn on that nice, supple growth. Third... You want to watch your temperatures, okay? Anything below 40 degrees, we start to get concerned, uh, you know, about them getting close to freezing potential. The other thing is if they're in a shady location and it's 40 degrees out in the shade, it might be 35. So also be concerned. So what I would do is start taking them out during nice days when it's warm and sunny, 45 degrees, you know, putting them in a a semi-sun location, maybe a little bit of filtered lights, another good opportunity, and bringing them out for a few hours and then bringing them back in. And extending the length of that time that they're out periodically 
will harden them off. It will start to sturdy up those branches, uh, you know, and make sure that they're ready to go out in the spring. Now, as far as planting them out, you're probably right in that late May time frame. You, if they're in a container, obviously you can always pick that container up and put them back in if you put them out earlier. So, you know, a lot of opportunities, you know, for you, um, you know, as far as all of that. So certainly, you know, uh, hardening off plants can be a challenge. It's also a challenge when you have little seedlings. So, you know, um, and that's kind of the next topic I wanted to talk about. So Jose, I hope that answers your question. If not, feel free to give me a call here at the Garden Center. Shoot me an email. My email is tom at estabrooksonline.com. Don't hesitate to contact me at any time, uh, you know, if you need further information. So the last thing I kind of want to talk about is it's time to start thinking about seeding some things. You know, some of your tomatoes that's starting to think, peppers, you know, some of those long crop annuals. If you're going to do some seeding this year, Now's the time to start thinking about picking up the seeds, number one, then figuring out a sow date when you want to, to plant them uh, outside and then working back to when you actually have to put them in the soil. So if you have questions about when you should sow things and whatnot, a lot of information on the packets of seed, we can help you work back to when you should put them in the soil, uh, you know, to hit a specific bloom time. Uh, you know, if you don't want them to bloom until, you know, July, then you've got more time. If you want them to be starting to bloom in some time in, in uh, you know, June, we might want to start thinking to, to start seeding some, some things, not everything. There's exceptions to every rule. Remember that in gardening. Always exceptions. But, you know, time to get your potting soil, your seeding soil, your trays ready. If you're going to reuse anything you have from last year, sterilizing with a little bit of bleach solution, 10% bleach solution, letting that dry well, washing it all off. You know, making sure you're sterilizing things so you're starting off in a really nice, clean environment. Uh, if you have a heat mat you're going to use, you know, making sure it works still. Um, you know, all of those things are, are some of the things you should be thinking about. And then, of course, coming out and shopping for seeds and, and looking for different and exciting things is always kind of a fun way to go. So, you know, a lot of the beginnings of gardening season are already underway. So just to recap some of the things that we talked about. Opening on March 5th and 9 to 5 every day after that okay um, visit the new website look at your plants out in your yard inspect for some of those damage if you have a question pull up the mobile app shoot off a, a question to us you know a great way to kind of think about it. house plants inspect them think about repotting fertilizer maybe make a, a, a fairy garden you know great kind of late winter project you know on those nice warm days um, or do it inside on a rainy kind of nasty day uh, coming up Think about the birds. Do you need to refresh any of those things, you know, feeders and suet and maybe putting some oranges out for, for the cardinals, you know, that might be coming through, um, or orioles, you know, all of those things. And then, of course, plow damage, starting to clean up, cutting back some things, pruning apple trees. All of these things can be done on nice days out in the garden. So get out there, enjoy your garden, uh, have a great day, and again, submit questions, estabrooksonline.com, hit on the podcast, and fill out the form, and uh, submit those questions. It's a great way to add to the show. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I'm Tom Estabrook, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.